Hi, I'm Kate, and I'm one of the pastors here at HDBB. And today is Mothering Sunday, the day that we celebrate our earthly mothers, but also the church. The church acts as a mother to us in our faith, nurturing us, caring for us. And in our Bible reading today, there is one woman who in the way she gave of her life was a spiritual mummy to many. And so we are going to geek out on her today and see what her story shows us about motherhood and about Jesus. And her name was Tabitha. Acts 9, 36 to 42. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken to the upstairs room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the clothes and robes that Dorcas, Tabitha, had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his, hand, on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand, helped her to her feet, then he called the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Tabitha, what a woman. Tabitha was in Joppa, a port city near the heart of modern-day Tel Aviv, and she was a gifted seamstress. She served the poor, provided and loved for the, those around her, shown by the fact that the people loved her. She was a gifted, busy, loving woman, a mother to anyone who was in need. She had lots of widow friends, which makes sense because she did works of charity and widows would have been those in society who had very little. She also may have been a fellow widow herself and they mourned for her loss, but not to mention, there was no mention of children mourning for her, which may suggest that she never had any, we just don't know. But that doesn't change the fact that she is a picture of motherhood and a reminder that even if you have no children, because we don't know if Tabitha did, the church gives us all an opportunity to be spiritual mothers and fathers. Sometimes, I don't know if you feel this, but in culture and in families and even the church sometimes, we can make out that being married and having kids is the most important thing. But we have to remember that Jesus was not married. Jesus didn't have any children and yet he lives the most human, full and alive life that this world has ever seen. God wants to use you as a mother and a father within this community, whether or not you have children of your own. This passage shows us that Tabitha is much loved and reveals, that, reveals the miracle of her return to life, which unsurprisingly brought many to faith. You know, wow, wouldn't you? Just look at the story. They were all 
weeping in a situation that they didn't want to be in, the death of this incredible motherly woman. And to an outsider, it would have looked hopeless. And yet, it's in that place that God moved and in that place that people encountered God's power. So actually, if you're here today and you don't really feel like this talks for you, or maybe you feel like a doubter surrounded by believers then that's perfect. You're in the right place because that is where God moves and it's that, and that is the place where God reveals himself. Today, Jesus is wanting to show us that wherever we're at, whatever we're feeling right now, he is real. He is alive and like Peter with Tabitha, that Jesus wants to take us by the hand and help us to our feet so he can bring love and resurrection joy to our life today. He wants you to encounter him. Why? Because like the people loved Tabitha, God loves you and he wants to bring you new life in him. What a bonkers day this could be. What a bonkers day that would have been from weeping and mourning to absolute ecstatic joy and a resurrection um, and revelation of God's presence. Wow, that's what I try and make my prayer. Every Sunday as we drive up the spiral ramp to church that, that we'd encounter God like that. Now, I love surprises. Um, Dan and I had been married for a decade and we had no children and we just never conceived and no one knew why. And thankfully, God used us as parents in other ways. We had amazing God kids to invest in. Over the years, we mentored young people and we chose to delight in our wonderful friends' kids. But not having children of our own did mean that we could occasionally have a lion. And one morning around the 10 year mark, I woke, I woke late and Dan turned to me and said, happy anniversary and handed me a gift and a card. And I was like, uh, what, uh, is it today? I had totally, totally forgotten. But Dan surprised me, so you know, I love that. Well done, babe. Needless to say, Dan very much enjoyed telling all of our friends very casually that I had forgotten and he had remembered our anniversary, which incidentally is possibly the best ego gift present that I ever could have given him anyway. So then a week later, I took a routine test and I got the first positive pregnancy test I have ever had. And it would be an understatement to say I was surprised. And with the fabulous new excuse of a baby brain, I was vindicated for having forgotten <laughs> our anniversary. But Dan was still asleep. He was fast asleep. And so I hastily grabbed, the, grabbed a gift box and wrapped it up with the, with the test inside. And I crept up to Dan and said, morning, babe. Here's a late anniversary present for you. And groggily, Dan said something, some sarcastic comment about, oh, better late than never, something like that. And then he opened it and he was in utter shock. Literally the best surprise ever. Well, best surprise ever until a week later when we found out it was twins. Yay. God loves 
to surprise us. So I am going to whiz through three surprises from our passage today that, can, that we can celebrate about motherhood and seek to emulate in our own lives as biological mothers and fathers and or as spiritual mothers and fathers and give thanks where we've experienced that in our own families or in the church. And happily, they all revolve around this truth. With Jesus, nothing is wasted. Surprise one, in our brokenness, God is able. As we present our brokenness to Jesus, he will use it for his glory because with Jesus, nothing is wasted. Verse 37, Tabitha became sick and died and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Even in our weakness, we can point to Jesus. Tabitha was dead. And now on a global scale of brokenness, that is pretty broken. You can't get more broken than dead, which is surprisingly quite encouraging for us today, actually, because this story shows us that even in our brokenness, we can be used by God. No matter how bad that argument was with your family as you tried to get out of the house on time yesterday, God wants to use you today. Last week, on my days, I had like the worst day, the hardest day. I was alone with the three kids and, and it was just one of those days. You know the ones, you know, one of those where just nothing goes right. The kids were being super clingy, that they weren't happy with anything and they're whinging, the constant whinging and wait for it, the baby didn't nap. Now, any mother anywhere is shuddering at that information with me. It was just one of those days. And by about 10 a.m., I was broken. <laughs> so by 4 p.m., I just lost it. Like, I actually screamed. Well, sort of. I, like, shouted at a really high squeaky volume. In fact, it probably completely bypassed my kids because I'm pretty sure that only bats can hear you at that pitch. Anyway, and the moment that I broke... In walks my neighbor. Apparently I'd left the door ajar or something and in she came. Literally, I had spent the whole day being patient and empathetic and yet it was in that moment that she comes in. Just typical, isn't it? And that's what mothering can be like. So much unseen investment and energy and organization and what feels like such high stakes all of the time. And then sometimes, no matter how hard we try and no matter what we've done, we can just snap or drop a ball and feel like a complete failure. And it's the same in anything, isn't it? You'll nail every single project at work and then the one task that you fail at is the one email that your boss is CC'd in on. Typical, it happens to all of us. We are not perfect, we are broken. Tabitha was broken, she was deceased. And yet, and yet, God used her to point to him. Everyone watching this today, if you're breathing, which I really hope that you are, your brokenness is less than Tabitha's. So if God can use her brokenness, then how much more can he use our brokenness in his exciting plans? Because what this story shows us 
as parents, as leaders, as average everyday citizens, is we don't need to be perfect to be used by God to do wonderful things. Verse 41, Peter helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed. God used Tabitha's brokenness to bring many to know him. In our brokenness, he is able. With Jesus, nothing is wasted. Surprise two, when we are faithless, God is faithful. Verse 38, when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went out with them and when he arrived, he was taken to an upstairs room. All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas, Tabitha, had made while she was still with them. Tabitha is so loved. And she is so essential to the life of this believing community that she, that they cannot, they, they cannot imagine life without her. In their minds, Tabitha simply cannot stay dead. Her community will not allow it. But they don't have enough faith that they believe that they could pray for Jesus to fix it. So they go and get Peter, a follower of Jesus, and he prays and Jesus moves. When we are faithless, God is faithful. Well, well, I started there. I started there, but actually, these people are not faithless, are they? They're more sort of like, I don't know, faithy. I think on reflection, I'm being a little bit harsh on them because they do have some faith, don't they? They just don't think that Jesus could do it through them. And so perhaps a more accurate kind of strapline would be when we are faithy, God is faithful. But either way, God makes up the difference. Tabitha was washed and put upstairs, not, not prepared for burial, no, no wrapping in spices or, or anointed with oil, not brought downstairs nearer the ground ready for burial as should have been the custom at that time, but the very opposite, put upstairs, washed to rest. Bodies decay seriously quickly in the heat. So that was seriously odd what they were doing here. It was an act of faith. She was being prepared for a new day. There's clearly an expectation here that God is gonna do something and he does. Where our faith is lacking, God makes up the difference. We know that even a tiny seed of faith can be used by God. With Jesus, nothing is wasted. God is like a I don't know, an eco-warrior when it comes to you and me. Anything we offer, he will use, broken or fixed, strong or weak, big or small. Just offer up what you have and watch God move. When we are faithless or faithy, God is faithful. Verse 42, many people believed. This story reminds us of the authority of our God to change circumstances. We cannot heal people, but Jesus can, and he is doing it today. What's also super encouraging here is that these mourning people had to... Wait! They had to wait! Who here has 
ever had to wait for a prayer to be answered. It wasn't immediate. Between Tabitha dying and God's miracle happening, there was a gap. They sent two men to find Peter in Lydda from Joppa. That's about 12 miles away. Then they had to get there and, and find him, persuade Peter. Then Peter had to get to Joppa from Lydda. And all this travel is probably on a donkey or on foot, even longer. And all the while, Tabitha's dead body waits upstairs. Whoa, that will have felt like quite a long wait. So if your prayers are feeling unanswered at the moment, sit in this story. And whether God's answer to your prayer is yes, or if God's answer is no, or wait some more, just remember that the authority of our God, just remember the authority of our God and know that whatever the outcome with Jesus, nothing is wasted. But for a moment, let's just address the elephant in the room. Uh, Kate, uh, if someone dies, are we meant to pray for them to be resurrected? And I think that the answer is, yeah. And like Peter, do it with gentleness and respect. Peter prayed privately, not in a public noisy way. He, he was sensitive. Verse 40, Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. And so if you get the opportunity, why not? Do it. Jesus heals today. I've never seen this particular miracle firsthand, but we have heard of it. And, and when God does it, people come to faith. And if this story is anything to go by, even when we are faithy, God is faithful. Jesus wastes nothing. So why not give it a try? Lastly, Surprise three, God uses not just our doing, but our being. You just being you, God makes fruitful. Jesus wastes nothing. Mothers are doers. Tabitha was a doer. She provided clothes for those in need. She was such a prominent charity worker in the community that, that she was a people magnet. Many mourned her. We're also told her name in Greek, Dorcas, so she must have had influence far and wide with the Greeks too. Her work had vast impact. We can't study Tabitha and not ask ourselves today, where can I serve? Tabitha was a doer. And if you're not on a team at HTBB, find one. The CHTBB team, they had a retreat the other week. Oh my days, so much fun. They are investing in the leaders of the future. They are sowing seeds in the kingdom. Serving is a beautiful, rewarding thing. One year, the kids team made a roller coaster. They don't coast in their ministry. They roller coast. Find where you can serve and God will use it. We understand ministry as participation. It's not that Jesus participated in our work, but we participate in his work. Like Peter held out his hand to Tabitha, Jesus holds out his hand to us. He says, come and share my burden and it's light. Wherever you find to serve, even out of weakness or, or lack, God is faithful to make up the difference and he will move. Yet, 
The irony is in this story that it's not Tabitha's doing that made her famous. It's her being. In fact, in a sort of added surprise in this story, she doesn't even say a word. She doesn't even really do anything of substance at all. And that is what God uses to bring the most fruit. He is saying, Tabitha, you just being you, I make fruitful too. This highly ironic fact that Tabitha's only living actions in this story are opening her eyes and sitting up and being helped up and being presented by Peter alive. Tabitha is the ultimate doer. So the great irony in this story is, is there to highlight something, is to highlight this surprise that although her doing is so important and her acts of charity are the thing that gained her so many friends, God doesn't need any of that to make her valuable. Someone needs to hear that today. That to Jesus, you just being you is enough. He loves what you do for him, but also he just loves you because he loves you because he loves you. And it's not doing dependent. He makes even your everyday, ordinary existing fruitful too. Okay, so I have a genetic condition called CF and it affects the lungs and the digestive system primarily. And it's a debilitating condition that severely reduces your life expectancy and means that you can struggle to breathe and digest food. And the number one rule for people with CF is don't go near sick people. And don't mix with other people with CF because of cross-infection risk and all those things. But before I came to KL, I was an actress. And in one show I did over the Christmas season, the cast were invited as a charity event into a nearby children's hospital. And in our glittery costumes, we sang a few songs on the ward to cheer up the extremely sick children who were stuck there in hospital over Christmas. And um, I was invited there and panicked. I panicked. I didn't want to go. I worked so hard to stay out of hospital. Now they want me to go into hospital where uh, all the germs are. And, and, you know, they may have asked me just to walk through fire. It was that stressful. But I reluctantly agreed on one condition. Keep me away from all other people with CF. We cannot mix but due to a bad set of circumstances and the wrong directions, I ended slap bang in the middle of the CF ward. And suddenly, all these little eyes appearing around the curtains and the doors to see this magical glittery character dressed in sparkles. And before I know it, I am surrounded by CF kids with cannulas in their hands, hooked up to breathing equipment with their very tired parents in tow. And I asked the children, do you want to know a secret? And I told them, guess what? I have CF too. And their parents just stared at me in shock. And some parents even began to cry. Their kids had been told their whole life that they would probably not live into adulthood, let alone 
follow their dreams or hold down any kind of job, let alone a fun one. So the children were just staring at me. And as I stand before them saying, I have CF and literally glittering with health in my sequined costume, these sick kids just burst into life and begin to tell me about all the things that they want to do when they grow up. And, and their parents start to bombard me with questions. What's your secret? Uh, uh, how are you so well? How, how have you managed to, to live so long and healthy and have a career? And timidly and very honestly, I just said, the secret is prayer and medicine. Prayer and medicine, prayer is powerful. Just being me <laughs> in that hospital that day, I was an image to those CF kids that they could not only make it into adulthood, but they could thrive into adulthood, sparkles and all. And I left that hospital that day, miraculously, infection-free, thank you, Lord, <laughs> and more buzzing than any after-show feeling could give me. And all I'd done was be in that place, be there in front of those kids. And that was more powerful than any of the hard work I'd done that theatre season. And I'm sure God loved my doing, but more importantly, he used my being. Tabitha is a doer. She's adored for all she's done. That's why this story exists. So much so, they would not permit her dying. They needed her. She was a fantastically capable woman. But in this account, what we see is that she is so much more than what she does. Her being is the most important thing about her. Bringing her alive just to be with those who loved her brought many to faith. We are busy. We do, 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 don't we? When we landed in KL the other day, I did 21 loads of washing in five days. Don't even ask. The name Tabitha and Dorcas in the Aramaic and the Greek means gazelle. Gazelle, what a great picture of mothers jumping from pillar to post, doing, 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 investing, working, loving. And, and it's not only biological mums who are amazing doers. I've had spiritual mummies in my life, just like Tabitha, who have endlessly served me and loved me and encouraged me. And there's been times in my life where the spiritual mothers in my life have had an impact that has been up there with my own mum. A spiritual mom of mine the other day gave me some really good words of wisdom. She said, not a moment spent with your kids is wasted. That realization is a game changer for me. Today, we celebrate spiritual moms who, who just invest and encourage and the fruit is abundant. And today, we celebrate you. And guys, if we take nothing away from today but this, listen up. Some of us are so busy doing, doing, doing that we need to hear today that God sees you and loves you. But even if you did none of that, just your everyday blinking and resting and sitting up is beautiful to Jesus. You being you is beautiful. You are loved. In Tabitha, we see that good works and faith are not opposed to each other, but you can be a person of great works and good deeds and miss that God loves you for just being you. And it's out of that place that we serve. In everything we are busy doing, you just being you 
God makes fruitful too. So to finish, verse 42. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. The greatest surprise of all is that in the same way God raised Tabitha to life, Jesus is inviting us into new life with him too. Verse 37, her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Just as Tabitha was washed from the dirt of the day and risen to new life, we can be washed clean of our sin, preparing us for a new life in Jesus. In heaven, but also starting today, entering into a life of resurrection hope, knowing that in our brokenness, God is able. When we are faithless, God is faithful. And just being you, God makes fruitful. Because with Jesus, nothing is wasted. Amen. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, Fill us afresh, we pray. I ask that you would fill us all now with the Father's love for us. Because it's out of that place that everything else flows. More of you, Holy Spirit. I think that there's someone who needs to hear that truth today that my spiritual mom gave me, that not a moment spent with your kids is wasted. All that time spent in obscurity is gold in the kingdom. And for someone else, I feel like God is saying that not a moment waiting in obedience is wasted. You may feel like you had this plan for your life and that you're not there yet. But with Jesus, nothing is wasted. Romans 8 says, I am convinced that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who are called to his purpose. Lord, you are faithful. Thank you that you use our waiting and that you love our obedience. Thank you that you use our obedience and that Jesus, that you waste nothing. I pray today that you give us a renewed hope and perseverance and vision for this next season, Lord, and fill us with your love afresh, we pray. Amen. <laughs>